0: It's Jim Paff, and welcome back to the Against Nice podcast, where we believe that nice people are the cruelest of all people because they're subjective and selfish in the way that they address society. Kind people have the interests of others in mind, but they speak truth into society. Follow us on iTunes, give us a five star rating, and also uh, give us your review of the podcast. You can also follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio Radio, and many other podcasting apps. Now let's get to the show. Hey, great to be with y'all again here on the Against Nice podcast, and I got an interview with my friend Troy Newman. Troy has been a friend for a lot of years. He's been on the Against Nice podcast before, but I wanted to share a special interview I did with him. Uh, I'm doing a regular Saturday program on WYDE in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, there's a reason for this. Uh, many years back, uh, between 2006 and 2010, I was uh, had a daily radio show on 560 KLZ in Denver, Colorado, and uh, the company that owns that station, Crawford Broadcasting, also has this station in Birmingham Alabama so they asked me if I you know they knew I was doing a podcast they asked if I'd be interested in doing a program there and so I I agreed to do it but I had this interview with my friend Troy Newman of Operation Rescue uh, this last Saturday and it was a great interview and I wanted to share it with you because I I felt there's a lot of good information you'd enjoy so Troy has uh, been with Operation Rescue for a lot of years As this COVID-19 thing has been happening, he and I, we talk so often or text all the time, we've been talking a lot about church closures and concerns with that, and I think it's a huge issue that is not getting much play in the media, but it is critical for what's going on in our culture right now. It's one of the big travesties of this COVID-19 thing because so many governors around the state are shutting these churches down, putting unnecessary restrictions on them, while giving levity and flexibility to other folks and other businesses and so forth. And it's it's a real problem. And the Supreme Court recently ruled in the uh, Calvary Chapel Dayton Valley versus the governor of Nevada case, there was a restriction placed on churches in Nevada where you could have no more than 50 people attend at any given time, no matter the size of the church. But yet casinos were allowed to have 50% occupancy. You had other businesses that were allowed similar criteria, and yet churches were severely restricted. The Supreme Court ruled that Nevada could place those restrictions on churches. I went out on Facebook Live, on my Against Nice Facebook page, and I said specifically there that every church— in this country should disobey that Supreme Court ruling. It's not law. And I'll tell you why. When you read the First Amendment of the Constitution, it says this related to religion. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Now, the first clause there is about not setting up a state church and not overly endorsing uh, giving special treatment to religious certain religions in this country, fine, and we can have a debate about that sometime. It's the second clause that matters here, because all this stuff that you see in Supreme Court decisions—you can't place the Ten Commandments here, you can't have a Karesh or a um, or, or any other religious uh, symbols on government property at Christmas time. You can't have this monument that has a religious symbol that's owned by the government, all this kind of stuff, you can argue that on the first clause. The second clause is the thing that is not talked about enough. The second clause says, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Now, this is where we have a real problem. We can argue about government facilities on one hand, but no individual, government facility or otherwise, according to the First Amendment of the Constitution, may not be restricted from exercising their religious faith in any context, anywhere. And there have been many decisions that place such restrictions on individuals. And I maintain that the rule of law is upheld when people of religious faith exercise their religion anywhere that they decide to do it. We need to have this discussion in this country right now. And COVID, the COVID pandemic has really put a spotlight on this that you're not hearing about in the media enough. I do not believe that that Supreme Court decision is law. I want to read uh, Judge Gorsuch's uh, dissension from that Supreme Court case, Calvary Chapel, Dayton Valley versus the governor of Nevada. He said this, this is a simple case. Under the governor's edict, a 10-screen multiplex may host 500 moviegoers at any time. A casino, too, may cater to hundreds at once, with perhaps six people huddled at each craps table here and a similar number gathered around every roulette wheel there. Large numbers and close quarters are fine in such places, but churches, synagogues, and mosques are banned from admitting more than 50 worshipers, no matter how large the building how distant the individuals, how many wear face masks, no matter the precautions at all. In Nevada, it seems, it is better to be in the entertainment industry than religion. Maybe that is nothing new, but the First Amendment prohibits such obvious discrimination against the exercise of religion. The world we inhabit today, with a pandemic upon us, poses unusual challenges. But there is no world in which the Constitution permits Nevada to favor Caesar's Palace over Calvary Chapel. I think that is the crux of the case, right there. So Troy Newman and I, we talk about this. He's had a little mini feud through the years with John MacArthur, uh, uh, who has a church, major church in Los Angeles. Well, John MacArthur is taking a lot of heat because he and his uh, deacon board decide to open up his church. And I agree with that decision. And they've taken a lot of flack and they've actually been threatened with fines and imprisonment, but they've stood their ground. Troy talks about that. We kind of pick up on this decision. There's one other issue on this uh, freedom of religion, anti-abortion against Nice Podcast, because on the second half of this recording, Troy and I are talking about a Tuscaloosa, Alabama abortion clinic, and you're not going to believe what the director of that clinic said. She actually claimed that it was God's will to kill aborted babies. I'm going to tell you this. We are destroying every day far more babies in their mother's wombs than are dying of COVID-19. More babies will be killed this year, up to a million, in this country, in their mothers' wombs. It's a travesty. It proves we don't understand the fundamental principles of the rule of law, of eternal law. We eschew the life of these children, well more than nine times out of ten, because of convenience. And it it is a curse on our country that needs to change. We're all about against being against nice here. You would be berated by someone in the public who would uh, whom you would tell that you oppose abortion because you're not being nice to that woman in in distress. Listen, let's take out the argument of rape incest and life of the mother. That's an argument for a future time. I wish that's all we were arguing about because 95% or more of these abortions would not be happening. It's all the other 95%. You're you're you can't afford it. You don't know if that baby is going to have down syndrome. All these stupid excuses that they use are outrageous and our country suffers from it. The kind person, according to what we talk about here at Against Nice, says the best option for this country is for those babies to be born for us to find a way to take care of them and to give them precedence over anybody else Give their life precedence precedence and we can get them adopted whatever we can find a solution but those babies should not be killed and it also the kind person says justice dictates that this country comes under a curse when we do not value life so Troy's got some amazing information about this Tuscaloosa, Alabama person, and I just wanted to share this with you so you could get a sense. It's a great interview. I'm going to go straight to it now with, after this introduction. We'll pick up on the back end, but you're going to love this interview with Troy Newman. And by the way, you're going to hear some music intro just like on a radio show. Just be patient with that. It's that's that we just took the live broadcast down so we could share you, share it with you here. Again, we're at www.politicsisn'tnice.com. Make sure you share this with people. It's a very important message that everyone needs to hear. We want to take a moment here, right in the middle of the podcast, just to tell you how incredibly important it is that you go to www.politicsisn'tnice.com as you get more information about the important things we're talking about today and uh, get other insights into different information and join our email list. There's a button right at the top right-hand portion of the webpage where you can join our email list. Also, go to facebook.com forward slash against nice. Uh, Twitter handle is against nice. You can follow us on Instagram at against nice as well. And I'll parlor at Against Nice. Uh, All of our social media is available to you. And, of course, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other podcasting apps so that you can get the podcast immediately when it comes out. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and let people know what you think about this broadcast and the others that we have there. Again, www.politicsisntnice.com.
1: Oh, there I go. Interrupting your
0: story once again.
1: Go on. Go
0: Welcome back on. to the Jim Paff Show. You were saying how like the commercial says, so www.politicsisn'tnice.com. Www. That's the home of our podcast. i are kind of updating things there now. It's it's straightforward, but I got a few a little work I'm doing on the website there. One of the people, though, featured on that website is my friend Troy Newman from Operation Rescue, and uh, had a great discussion there. He, he and I are always uh, talking to one another about everything we're frustrated in in politics, but uh, the reason that Troy's such a great friend is because he is so passionate about an uh, issue that, is, that I'm passionate about. Which is the abortion issue, not passionate in a positive way, very negatively, because we're killing babies all the time. In fact, more babies are going to die this year, by far, destroyed in their mother's wombs than uh, are going to die of COVID 19. And it's a travesty. But, um, you know, Pat, Troy and I are passionate about what's going on with churches right now and their response to this COVID-19 crisis. He's been talking a lot about it on his Facebook page. And uh, we've got a little abortion issue over in Tuscaloosa. But with that, I want to introduce my friend Troy Newman. How are you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, good to be with you on this gorgeous, beautiful summer Saturday. Glad you're back it, in here, bud.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Uh, we, we haven't been on the phone for... Few couple about for a week or two but uh we're always texting dude what is going on with churches you know you do, you I, i've been made i've made the case last weekend on this show i made it very clear and and i know i told you about this but christians should absolutely ignore that uh calvary chapel of dyson valley case that the supreme court brought out because it's not law the first amendment's law
1: do you agree with me? Am I right about that? Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about that. Look, the government does not control the churches. The whole idea of nonprofits started with the churches. That you apply for a five hundred one c three because you want to be like a church. You want to have a public benefit to the community like a church. But churches were always exempt from day one. They stand outside the civil magistrate uh, the, or the civil magistrate's ability to control or to regulate. Jesus came incarnate. He was God in the flesh, he didn't send a text message. He, didn't, he could have waited until 2020 and held a Zoom meeting to save everybody and virtually go to the cross, but instead he came and he mingled among us. And a church that doesn't meet and have the sacraments doesn't have baptism. In, you can't virtually baptize somebody. You can't virtually give the sacraments to somebody. So a church that doesn't meet is not the church, okay? Yeah. Get it's so true. It's so
0: true. And, and and let's let's make it even more clear. I mean, there is no world, as Judge Gorsuch said, in in which the government can demand a certain way of doing it. Now, I believe that churches should make a good decision about how they want to mitigate this uh, this pandemic. If they want to have people wear masks and social distance, whatever, I'm fine with that. But there's no place for the government to say anything different. It's not just what you said, where you can't even do what the church does unless you're together. No one has a right in this country to say that you can't do it. Make a good decision, treat it, you know, in in a responsible way how you feel best, but do not deny the gathering. And by the way, I want to know your thought on this though, but some people are telling me, well, we can meet online and that's what's happening and we're supposed to follow the government. Are, Are we supposed to follow the government on this? No. The Bible
1: standards? If you look at the Declaration of Independence, so you could call it uh, America's founding document or Article of Incorporation or whatever. It says, yeah. in, in essence, when a government becomes so oppressive, that the people have the right and the duty to overthrow these, uh, these bonds of oppression. And that's what we have today in, in this uh, unprecedented, hyper-speed fashion The ghosts of Mao and Lenin and Stalin and Darwin have come back to haunt us, and are demanding that we do not meet. And uh, going back to the idea that somehow you know we need to be safe and follow protocols. Of course we do, you know. But remember the the saints of the faith went into leper colonies. They went into the black. They put themselves at great bodily risk, because as Christians, we don't fear death. We're walking dead, and we're dead to ourselves and alive in Christ. When Paul was facing execution, he said, hey, to live is gain, but to die is Christ. I don't fear death. I fear not living for Christ. So if you want to go to church and wear a mask, fine. If you feel you're vulnerable, stay home, that's fine. But a church must open its doors, and you know I mean this more it's more talk, more than just talk for me. Because yeah. in Kansas, uh, two days before Easter Sunday, three days before Easter Sunday, the highest, holiest day for the Christian church, our governor said that the churches must close. And so I went to uh, Facebook, I went to other social media outlets, I went to the city mayor, and I called the police chief and I said, Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to be preaching in my office. Everybody is welcome. If you want to come arrest me, you just go ahead. And I was really shocked at the, the response from most Christians that yeah. you know, I was a bioterrorist. But we had non Christians show up because they saw yeah. that, that they were helpless and hopeless. What better place to be than in a church during a pandemic where people are ah. suffering?
0: Listen, we, we, our cancel culture is so trying to take away the church out of society that you had AOC out there saying that the statue of Father Damien out in Hawaii ought to be taken down. This was a man <laughs> who did not fear death. This is a man who went to the island of Molokai, which is, you know, in the 19th century is where they threw all the lepers. They had a leper colony there. No one else lived there. The man put his life at risk in humility and in selflessness to minister and take care of people who were suffering under one of the worst diseases that any man has ever had to suffer a slow painful death and this man out of love and care and compassion was uh ministering to these people and they want to cancel it out i mean it tells you what the spirit of this problem is
1: yeah it's the antichrist the antichrist is in the world they they want to cancel church they want to cancel christianity they want to persecute those who preach the love and compassion of jesus christ and that is really you know, we talked about the pro-life Movement and uh, uh, stopping the horrific uh, scourge of child killing in this country and world—it it goes along the same lines. We sacrificially speak out for those who have no voice. I've been thrown in jail. I was kicked out of got thrown in jail in Australia. Kicked out of Australia and many other things. We got a multi-million dollar lawsuit against me from Planned Parenthood just for speaking out uh, against the innocent or in favor of the innocent babies and, and against abortion. It's the same selfless, compassionate, faith-driven actions and words that uh, drive us uh, to speak out against child killing as it does to go to church and minister to the lost and helpless as uh, many saints of old who've gone to visit sick and elderly people and established hospitals and higher learning centers.
0: It's, cra- it's crazy to me, sorry for the noise in the background, but it's crazy to me how during this pandemic not only are we telling churches to shut down but we're keeping abortion clinics open as a uh, as an essential or critical even business as it's described in various states i mean this whole thing is turned on its head every evil that you can think of in society has been perpetuated In this pandemic, not only massive government control, where you've got Christians bowing down to the governments rather than standing up for their rights under the guise of what uh, Paul says in Romans 13, you know, to respect the governing authorities. Sure, Mm -hmm. we should respect Mm -hmm. the governing authorities, but this is not acceptable in any way. It's
1: outrageous. Well, Jim, uh, let me say this. I think and you probably agree with this. Uh, I think in the last four years we have seen kind of a great unveiling of who's really who, uh, both within our society, uh, within the politics in general, with the media, etc., where people stand, and that's no longer. We can no longer walk around in a haze or a fog of uh, uh, non-combativeness. I guess lost a better word or. uh, everything is being stripped bare, and the feelings that people had right from the very beginning are being exposed. Okay, your politicians that said, oh, well, I'm just a pro uh, Democrat or Republican, and they lock you down, and they shut your churches, and they send you to jail if you dare to go camping or go out on the lake or use a motorboat or something like that. That's when you find out who they really are. The people who refused open churches, I mean, think of these pastors They literally refuse to open churches. A lot of my friends in the Catholic faith are horrified that the bishops just refuse. They're, oh, my goodness. Maybe these people aren't the spiritual leaders that we thought they were. And that's across the board. And, and Jim, um, forgive me for saying this, but I really hope things get worse so that the people of America will wake up and it can inform this despotism, tyranny, Radical socialism, just uh, radical pro-abortion and Christian politics, and an alternative that returns us, hopefully, back to the path of uh, of uh, a Christian society. Because we we long Then that we've been a hey. uh, it's been a long time since we have actually been a Christian society.
0: Oh, absolutely. By the way, can are you able to stay over the break here, real quick? Because I want to pick up on this and talk about what's yeah, going on in Tuscaloosa. Yes, sir.
1: Absolutely.
0: Excellent. So. But, but you're absolutely right, Troy, and this is the one thing I say as we're going into our break here. Um, we need, in this country, a third great awakening because without that and a cultural reset that that would require, we're not going to be able to recover from what has been happening. COVID has revealed a serious problem in this country, and I, I don't want us to go as deep as Troy talked about, but i got to tell you, something's got to happen. Something's got to get people on their knees, get them reset in their mind, because our freedoms are going away very quickly. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with my friend Troy Newman of Operation Rescue. He's at OperationRescue.org. Make sure you go there. We'll be right back here on the Jim Paff Show.
1: She got a roof that
0: don't leave when the down. She got a place I'm swing. here in this uh, final segment with my friend well, Troy I'll Newman I'll of Operation Rescue OperationRescue.org Make sure you go there And uh, by the way, Troy, I, I repeated last The end of last uh, segment's uh, Music Bed Because actually I don't have $5 fine available uh, Troy's my fellow Chris Ledoux fan but, uh, I noticed that
1: Chris Ledoux do bumper music, bud. I know. I, I I didn't
0: give him my $5 fine one, and, and I asked him to find it. But, you know, so got a $5 fine for wine. and I mean, yeah. it's it, it would have been a perfect lead-in to talk a little bit about some of the— Not everybody, by the way. There are a lot of people in the church with courage, but some of these people out there that, as you were talking about in the last segment, I mean, they're just freaking lost. They just—they don't even understand— what is going on around here?
1: Yeah, yeah. well, remember, we did not lose our freedoms in March of 2020. We lost our freedoms January 22nd, 1973. And the reason I say that is because we're a government that can sanction and fund and promote and protect child killing, child killing, all the mm-hmm. way to the, ninth, the moment of birth and even after birth, that is a government that that can take away a government can take away your right to life he can take away that government can take away your right to bear arms your right to go to church your right to speak out your freedom of movement and that's what's happened it it may have been a slow burn but we hit the ignition button sometime in march but it was january 22nd that caused all of this yeah
0: absolutely and and by the way uh what how many people are dying a year of abortion
1: well, worldwide, it's about fifty million. In America, it's a, the number. I don't really trust the CDC statistics, uh, but it's been slowly decreasing. But we're uh, still killing about a million children every single year in the United States.
0: Now, wait a minute, Troy. We got to shut down the country because of this COVID thing, man. What are you talking about? Yeah,
1: that equates to about two thousand seven hundred babies every single day. And we know uh, from patterns in the past when we have an economic downturn, parents uh, don't want to be parents. And so they seem to terminate uh, a baby's life rather than to bring, as Margaret Sanger said, the founder of Planned Parenthood, another burden into that family.
0: Yeah, listen— and and they, they just tried to distance themselves and cancel culture from Margaret Sanger. They can never distance themselves from the racist Margaret Sanger who wanted to kill black babies. Who are which is on a percentage basis the largest number of babies killed it, on a percentage basis is in the black community. It's absurd. I, if I'm not mistaken, it hadn't it gotten near 50 percent in the New York City area of babies. That were conceived being killed by abortion. Am I right about yeah, that, or am I in, in New York,
1: there's more babies that die through abortion that are black babies that are, that are die through abortion that are actually born alive. Think about that. More so, babies die through abortion in New York City than are born alive and, in the black community. And, I don't and think nationwide, you're three yeah. times. If you're, if you're an African American woman, you're three times more likely to have an abortion than uh, any other demographic, and that's because the racist racist roots of Uh, Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood uh, plant these abortion mills, these abortion centers, these death mills in black communities. It's where they're targeting. They are literally targeting the black community for extinction.
0: No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and and there's no exaggeration at all about the targeting. But even more important, as we were talking earlier about, the response to COVID, where we're at as a country in terms of government control of what we do in our lives, there you can't expect a whole lot different from a country that has a culture of death, and there is we have nothing less than a culture of death, much in our uh, in, in our cultural touch points of Hollywood and stuff, but really where we're killing unborn babies, which leads me, and we got about five minutes before we got to shut down here, but. I want to get to something that I read on your website, OperationRescue.org, about this abortionist in, who's now in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who said God does way more abortions than I do. What the heck is going on here, Troy?
1: Well, look, when you, when you lack any moral foundation, any moral fiber whatsoever, and you do not believe that there's a holy and just God you believe things like they are doing God's work. Abortionists are doing God's work. And that's what she's saying. Every miscarriage is just an an abortion. God's, And she used the small G by the way, God does more abortions than her. She even went so far as her name is Leah Torres and she's uh, from Utah, moved to Tuscaloosa to operate the, the largest abortion clinic in Alabama. And, uh, she even said that uh, you know we don't. I don't allow my babies to scream. The babies that she aborts because she uh, cuts their vocal cords as they're being born so that they can't scream. I, I mean, you just can't think of anything more despicable in life than an abortionist.
0: Linda, let's highlight this here for a second now, <laughs> because there's there's so much to what you just said. Uh, the the first thing being that these human beings in these wombs. Scream when they're being destroyed. I mean, it, this is surreal. I mean, this is a nightmare. This is this is worse than a horror flick that comes out of Hollywood.
1: It is, but and this is why I say I hope things get worse, uh, so that we will wake up. Uh, we've been living with this atrocity, this human carnage, this American Holocaust for forty-five plus years. Okay, let that sink in. We murdered. 60, 70 million innocent babies but it's you know I've, I've stood on the street corners and people yawn oh no big deal it's a woman's right to choose but we've been talking about it as agnosium for four and a half decades yeah uh, and I'm glad people are starting to wake up but you're right in order to have a radical cultural shift to put this train back on the rails we're gonna have to lose a lot more freedoms before people stand up uh, that, It's kind of like just John MacArthur guy. He's told he can't have church. He was against us standing in front of abortion clinics and getting arrested 30 years ago, but now he's going to go to jail to keep his church open, and I'm glad of that. Welcome to the club, John. I think a lot of us are going to have to be willing to stand up and say, no, I'm going to go to church, and if you arrest me, that's fine. I'm going to rescue this baby. If you arrest me, that's fine. I'm going to speak out against totalitarian government's, and if you arrest me, that's fine. That sort of thing. We, we have to do this or we'll lose uh, everything we've uh, fought for for the past 250 years. Well,
0: there's no doubt about it. We've got two two more minutes. But, you know, I get people constantly coming after me. You know what I've done politically. We've been friends for <laughs> a, a decade or more now. Oh, actually, almost guys. two decades. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but so I, I get a lot of pushback from people. Because I get so firm and determined in my response to what goes on politically. I just, I don't act nice. You've been on my podcast against nice. You know this. I'm not trying to be mean. I just am not going, I'm drawing lines because there are lines to be drawn. We got a minute and a half. Is it appropriate for Christians to act in a determined way in the culture and in the politics of this country? No, look, G-
1: Jesus was not necessarily nice, and there are people and pastors and Christians that want to act nicer than Jesus. Would, politically speaking, would we compromise with, uh, with uh, Hitler? Oh, Hitler wanted to k- kill six million Jews and many others, so we say, hey, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll cut, it, cut it down the middle. You can only kill three million. No, Hitler, the number's zero, and I'm firm about it, and I'm not going to be nice about it until the number's zero. I feel the same way about abortion, child killing, murder, and I. until that number is zero, I don't have to be nice to politicians or abortionists that murder these babies. We exposed it, the deadly plot of Planned Parenthood uh, aborting babies and selling their body parts. And by the way, I know we have a couple of seconds left. Are you going to be Just forced a into a vaccine that was taken from baby body parts, aborted babies, and that vaccine was made from aborted babies? Are you taking that vaccine?
0: Oh, come on, you anti-vaxxer. What are you doing? I mean, yeah, this this, this is really crazy. We're gonna, I'm going to be back, Troy, in the next couple of weekends so we can talk more about this. I really appreciate you being on. I'll tell you what, folks. Troy Newman's one of my best friends in the world. What a great guy. I've got a lot of good information and passion for what we need to understand that's going on in the culture. He's been a key part of that where we have destruction taking place, unborn being killed. He's been a great proponent of religious liberty recently during this COVID thing. By the way, he was was saying it from the very beginning. If you look at his uh, Facebook page, Troy Newman, just uh, search for him on Facebook, you're going to see videos all the way back into late February, early March, telling churches you need to meet, you need to get together. We have a foundation in this country of prayer and of seeking the Lord. People of every faith, and it has been a benefit to this country all the proclamations from presidents of every stripe that you can think of, whether it's Abraham Lincoln, FDR, uh, whatever political party they come from, Bill Clinton, you get these very eloquent and often very inspiring proclamations when the country has been in ill harm, seeking God's favor and health. Our whole motto is, in God we trust, and we should keep it that way. That, that's not to say that someone that's of no religious faith we need to treat differently than others. That's absolutely not true at all. But we are a country that was founded by people who believed in ultimate truth, in eternal truths that are immutable. Our whole system of law is founded on the principles of law that go far beyond what our Constitution is. Our Constitution tries to codify that as best possible for the benefit of the people and this country was founded by the people not the government this is a in, an entirely different way of thinking that has begun to emerge over the last few decades in this country that the government has ultimate authority over us no we have ultimate authority over the government that's why we have a system of electing representatives and they have limited terms who must be accountable to the people at subsequent elections. We've got to reassert that in this country. And we need a renewal of religious faith in this country. Without it, we have no hope. And we will go downhill. And to be candid, if we continue on the track that we're on right now, particularly if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get elected in November, We will have a country that will be set on a path to socialism. There's no other outcome. We've seen what happened in Venezuela. And Hugo Chavez, when he became president, he did so on platforms very similar to what Democrats are proposing right now. And then he changed the Constitution. And I have been saying that I believe that there's a real risk if Joe Biden gets elected— that you could have congressional action to get rid of the Electoral College in some form or fashion. They may not do it so brazenly, but to get rid of it, you're going to see some edict out of Washington that requires mail-in voting, which is vastly different than absentee voting that you've been used to forever. Absentee voting is requesting permission to do it because of some singular event. You have to sign a paper to get it authorized under an affidavit and then it comes to you and you have to verify your signature as well going back. Mail-in voting is not like that. Mail-in voting is that the election authorities just send out ballots to anyone who's on the registration rolls and it is fraught with potential abuse. You could see that change. You could see other... uh, Democrats don't even think about the Constitution. They don't even care about it. They are constantly uh, doing things that are very problematic in the laws that they pass. And they could easily turn our country down the path that Venezuela went, where Hugo Chavez came into power. He worked the legal system so that he could be dictator for life, a country that at that time was the, by far the wealthiest in South America has is a cesspool now this is what's in democrats minds and you need to be aware of it that's why we are against nice because we don't have to be nice about this we have to call it out we have to show what it is we have to reason with people and we have to make the best case to ensure that our liberties will remain moving forward that's what this podcast is about, and I really appreciate Troy Newman for spending time with me. Again, you got to go to operationrescue.org, and I want to remind you, go to nice.com sign up for our email list, make sure that you are uh, in tune with what we're doing here because there are serious issues at stake, and we've got a lot of information we got to get out. So we're going to continue to do that in this podcast, and I'm so thankful that you spend the time with us. Thank you for joining us today on the Against Nice podcast. Please be sure to go to our website, www.politicsisntnice.com. You can sign up for our email list there just at the top right of the webpage. And make sure to follow us on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or even the iHeartRadio app. And give us a five-star rating and let people know what you think about our podcast. Again, www dot politics isn't com. join our email list at the top right hand of the page there and follow us on itunes spotify stitcher or iheart radio thanks for joining the show today we'll be back soon